Are you looking for something fun to do with the kids at home that will keep them learning? The Washington Wizards Kids Club, presented by Giant, has really cool, free, printable activities available online at dcfamily.com slash kidsclub. Coloring books, math timetables, writing worksheets, word searches, and so much more are up now for you and your family to enjoy. Keep the kids entertained by checking it out now at dcfamily.com slash kidsclub. Welcome to another episode of the Off the Bench podcast presented by the Alibaba Group and part of the Wizards Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jackson Filio. All podcasts on the Wizards Podcast Network are available wherever you get your podcasts and are featured on Wizards Radio 24-7 and the Wizards app. You can follow the Wizards Podcast Network on Twitter at WashWizardsPN and please subscribe, download, rate, and review wherever you listen. On today's episode of Off the Bench, Zach Rosen, Chris Gehring, and I are joined by Zach Leones, Senior VP of Strategic Initiatives for Monumental Sports and Entertainment and GM of Monumental Sports Network. With Zach, we discuss the NBA 2K League and the efforts to make the current season happen, the support for the Wizards District Gaming within the Monumental Basketball family, Run It Back, the new Monumental Sports Network documentary, which takes an inside look at the Mystics title run and more. All right, Zach, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Um, your work obviously touches so many different parts of the company and the teams, but I, I, let's start with 2K. Um, the league is obviously operating right now under very unique circumstances. Um, you guys went to a lot of work to even make this season happen. Uh, the guys are quarantined together. Play is happening exclusively online. Take us behind what the last couple months have been like to make this season happen. Well, every sports league in the world um, has been put into an uncharacteristically reactive era right now. And I think that the NBA, as are, you know, the NHL, Major League Baseball, the National Football League, everyone is working hard to figure out how do we get back to our regular live programming, our regularly scheduled live programming. How do we get back to playing our games and then eventually playing our games in front of fans and the efforts that are going on there are Herculean. I mean, you can't imagine the scale of operations that's considering things across all 50 states. Um, esports has a unique inherent um, you know, characteristic in that you can play remotely. However, remote play isn't quite as straightforward as you would think. Um, there are issues when it comes to the latency that occurs between different teams and um, when different teams play each other at different parts of the country. Typically, esports events are held in person still and teams are playing in the same room where the actual connectivity through the wire is moving at the speed of light. Um, even uh, when you're moving at high speeds like that, if you're playing East Coast versus West Coast locations, there can be just momentary lag um, between the play that can sometimes cause one team an advantage. Um, so I give Brennan Donahue and the NBA 2K League a lot of credit not only for keeping things afloat and moving forward, um, but figuring out how could remote play first work from a competitive standpoint, 
then how could we broadcast it? We won't be able to film these games out of a regular studio. We'll have to produce all of these remotely with production setups that we ship out to teams in 23 different markets. And we edit in one cloud-based production control center based out of Toronto. And how do we try to capitalize on the moment and expose this game to new fans when there are a lot of sports fans that don't have any live programming that would like more live programming to watch. And they struck deals with ESPN and Sportsnet in Canada. Um, we broadcasted a game here on NBC Sports Washington as well as on Monumental Sports Network. Um, and then how do we also keep the business going? How do we continue to grow revenues? I think the leagues um, and the teams have done that effectively. Um, and then most importantly, how do we do it all in a really safe manner? How do we ensure that all of the players, all of our coaches are safe um, and feel comfortable playing? And so our team has been quarantined in our team housing. Um, we have three apartment rooms uh, for the players. Each of them have their own separate bedrooms, and then they have a shared space, uh, three units set up like that, two players per room. And then our coach lives on the same hall, um, and he's able to uh, coordinate and practice with the team. He was able to receive the equipment from the league, set it up. Um, they test several hours in advance of their regular season matchup just to make sure all the production equipment is working. Um, I think the practice schedule for the team has been robust. They've had connectivity through their units um, that has allowed them to get a lot of practice in with teams across the league. Um, and obviously, we've begun remote play with best of three series as opposed to one-off games. And the best of three series is really meant to be um, um, a competitive uh, redundancy. We want to make sure that in, in, if there's ever a case of lag, you have enough gameplay over the course of really two to two and a half hours, three potential games in a series, um, for any of that stuff to work itself out. And so um, I think the, the teams have responded really, really well. I think the league has had a, a ton of work to do. Um, I don't envy them from that perspective. We have a ton of work to do. Um, they've really had a lot, um, and, and they've risen to the occasion. I'm happy that the league has taken off, and uh, I'm happy that we're off to a good start too. Three and one. Uh, Could have been 4-0. Um, we, we came very close to winning that first game against Toronto. Toronto's a, a really excellent team in the 2K League. Um, so I think we, we've come out of the gates really strong. Our next game is Friday against uh, the Hornets, a very good defensive team. And I know the team is uh, currently preparing and, and gearing up for that big matchup. And then in terms of the eSports landscape as a whole, you know, a situation like this is obviously not what you ever want, but it – when you talk about games and sports like this that rely and can thrive on, on remote play, it creates a unique opportunity. What have you seen change in the landscape over the last couple of months? Well, I, I think there are a lot of people who talk about esports having this big boom. Um, wow, esports is really going to be able to take advantage of this opportunity. I've really tried to temper those expectations. Yes. Um, Twitch has seen an increase in viewership um, month over month and has seen its you know, highest performing March and April uh, streaming performances ever. 
um, but revenues haven't followed that. And you know, a lot of esport revenues come from corporate partnership or sponsorship dollars, and most blue chip brands have marketing freezes or expense freezes. Um, and so it hasn't been like this windfall for esports, um, like I think a lot of people originally thought it would be. And I don't think we've ever tried to think about this pandemic in an opportunistic way either. I think it's an inappropriate way to think about it. Um, and when we've thought about esports and video games, we've tried to use it as a source of entertainment, a, a, a way to give back to fans, give them something that's enjoyable to watch, that's competitive. What I think esports may enjoy through this period of time, though, is trial, increased trial, increased demo of a product. And, you know, when you think about services like Instacart, for example, um, I had never used Instacart, and I assume there are many generations uh, of people who would never, ever consider it, um, but they've been forced to try some things, and now they realize, oh, it's a great service, and it's pretty easy to use, and I can rely on it. And when we get to the other side, and we're post-crisis, um, people will go back to getting their own groceries again, maybe as they are, are now, but they may also use Instacart from time to time too, because they're familiar with the product. It's same, same might go with, you know, PayPal or Venmo or other financial services. I think eSports could see a little bit of an uptick um, from that perspective. And I think a lot of the sports books, candidly, also are, are starving for live sports programming to bet on. eSports has started to emerge as a category for betting. Some of the rules and laws have relaxed um, for sports betting activity on esports. And I think that people have found that to be an interesting betting platform. I think you're definitely going to see that aspect of esports increase over time. So there are certainly some, some unintended consequences here. Um, you know, it, it always remains to be seen, but the, those would be the increased trial, I, I think, will be the biggest. Um, positive for the esports world. I was going to mention, you know, FanDuel, for example, is doing like Madden simulation gaming. Um, we've seen uh, Barstool Big Cat with Coach Dugs and how that's like blown up with all those things on Twitch. It's just interesting how creative everyone's getting now. Um, but esports is always going to be there because as long as we have the bandwidth with the connection, there's something, you know, to play for, right? Um, and it, it continues to really develop. Um, I wanted to ask about uh, the way that Monumental Basketball has now joined forces with our 2K team and, and how Tommy and I know Brett Greenberg were in the war room uh, when DG won the lottery uh, and helped them prepare for the draft and all that. How have all those resources helped you guys uh, with Wizards DG, um, even with you know, the physical, the mental health side? I think it's been uh, incredibly helpful during a period of time like this. Uh, John Thompson III um, and his player development staff, as well as Danny Medina, um, you know, our chief performance officer, really our, our chief medical person uh, right now in the organization. Um, they have been um, very communicative with the team. Um, you know, we have to remember that for many of our players, it's one of the first times they've ever left their hometown. Um, for some of these players, they're foregoing college, their college years, um, to play competitively. 
and what an odd time to experience your first independence in life. You're locked in your apartment with someone who you've just recently met, your new teammates. So we need to be very sensitive to that. Um, and we've certainly tried to be, we've tried to equip them with the proper safety equipment. Um, we do, you know, weekly calls with them, sometimes daily calls, um, to ask the little things. How are you doing on groceries? Have you called your parents lately? You know, how is your family? How's your brother or sister doing? Um, what are you watching on TV? Um, you know, what, what are you guys doing outside of video games? Are you, are you playing card games? Are you know, are you FaceTiming with friends? I mean, all of the little things really matter. And I think what, you know, the monumental basketball platform was really building and trying to emphasize was um, treating our players as whole persons. And so, you know, again, never has, has that been more important than it is now. And, um, you know, I, I think our, our, our guys are getting a kick out of, um, you know, watching our 2K League team play. And I know that our 2K League players are also quite appreciative uh, of the interest um, and uh, not just interest, but genuine interest from people like, you know, like Tommy Shepard or Sashi Brown. Um, you know, I think Patrick, our head coach, has to pinch himself sometimes when he goes, I can just call up Tommy Shepard at any time and ask him for advice and say, hey, I'm having an issue. We just had one of our games rescheduled, um, and now I only have two days to, to prepare for this matchup. Um, I need to call someone and to vent and also to get advice. How would we compress this? When do I need to give the players a break? Um, that I think is very unique. And I think that the team is really appreciative of, of that increased ability and support. You also mentioned Coach Doug Zach. I was stunned to see him leave Texas Tech. I mean, I thought there was a real great legacy there. It was going to be Doug's field, but I guess not. So, you know, I, I, if I were a Tennessee fan, I'd be pretty excited. He's got a pretty high octane offense and pretty excited to be a volunteer these days. And he says he – go ahead, Chris. No, he says he gets to stay for two years too unless the Badgers come calling. So we might see a totally different uh, – <laughs> A totally different uh, thing for Doug's. It's, I mean, just back to that quickly. I mean, we could talk for a whole podcast about how that's blown up. It's just like it blows my mind how a game that's six years old can just encapsulate everyone, and it's just so creative. But that's a topic for a whole other side of content and and all that. It's it's been fascinating to watch how people have kind of gathered around pieces of you know we saw the Last Dance documentary content. Um, Coach Doug's things on Twitch, the 2K League, things that, that people can rally around when, when we're all separated and we're all looking for a way to connect around something. Something that is coming out on, on our network, another part of our organization that you oversee, is the Mystics documentary, the Run It Back documentary. And, and the Mystics, too, speaking of finding virtual ways to connect with fans in a really difficult time, they've, they've done an unbelievable job of trying to pull in Coach T and players to, to celebrate the championship, but also, you know, hopefully get ready for a restart on their end and stuff as well. The process of creating that documentary, um, what, what was that like? Take us through a, a preview of, of what fans can expect to see when they go to the network to watch and 
Um, I think it's, it's something that our, our entire organization is, is really, really proud of. Totally. We couldn't be more proud of the Mystics. And candidly, I feel very sympathetic to the Mystics, to Mystics fans, to Coach T, to our players um, who don't have the right right now to celebrate appropriately. And um, when we were going on our playoff run, we felt confident and really positive things about the team. And, you know, we remember how exciting it was when the Capitals won the Stanley Cup. And we captured so much great footage from that playoff run to create the documentary All Hours, which I think all of our fans really loved and enjoyed. It's amazing after you win a championship, there are books written about the run, the documentaries. We wanted to really make sure we captured every single moment because it is a, a memory that you, you, know, you have for a lifetime. And we knew we wanted to treat the mystics with the same respect and capture all of those special moments too. We wanted to host a parade for the Mystics, and we're looking forward to all the players and coaches receiving their championship rings in the not-too-distant future, too. You know, the Nationals are dealing with the same issue. Um, they are going to do a virtual ring ceremony in the not-too-distant future, so we just have to handle these things differently. We are lucky, though, in that the documentary has been a work in progress for quite some time, and our plan was always to release it in May. And, you know, I think the, the team did a great job with the virtual home opener, the virtual sort of stay together mystics uh, rally. And, you know, the documentary is a great way to remember and celebrate it um, because that team worked its butt off and, you know, deserved the championship win and wants to try to run it back and do it again. And I think the team looks really, really good this year. I've been really looking forward to watching them play um, and make some noise again. And so, you know, watching the documentary, I hope the Mystics fans um, feel the love. And I also hope it gets them excited for next year because Coach T and the gang, they're not done. Um, they want to try to go back to back. So I believe they can do it. Staying on the topic of the network's programming, um, for the last few years, a lot of it has been live sports, highlights, catalogs of old games. Um, some really cool interview shows that we've put together. Um, are, are there plans for a lot of documentary program going forward? I mean, there's the Mystics one, and obviously sprinkled out, there's been the Karan Butler uh, story, Pops Mensabansu's background. Um, but I, th I think across the media landscape, a lot of people have really bought into documentary-style storytelling. Is that something that you guys plan to push going forward with the network? As you, as you can imagine, this has been a huge challenge because, you know, our network's bread and butter is live games. And obviously, we're not delivering live games outside of our NBA 2K League games. Um, we're lucky that we do have a lot of footage, you know, in the can, so to speak, to produce original programming for. But at some point, you know, we want to go out and shoot more programming. It's hard to shoot programming when you can't be there in person with someone. So it has forced us to be creative in our process and leverage technologies like Zoom, recording videos like these, um, you know, soliciting uh, almost user-generated video from our players, having them, you know, take their phone and record themselves in landscape mode, stitching that video together, 
Um, and then it's prompted us to experiment with things like the simulated games. So we did all the simulated games for the Capitals and the Wizards. Um, and that created tonnage for the network um, to really enjoy. And so, and, you know, we, we do have some video in the can and we're putting that out. Um, but we need to continue to be creative and figure out more ways to get more programming on the network. Um, every network is, is, is dealing with that uh, problem, though. It's not just us, obviously. NBC faces that issue. ESPN faces that issue. Um, and sometimes what, what is old is new again. Um, last night I watched the remastered Game 6 from the Bulls jazz game. I thought that was like beautifully done and really fantastic. I think we've done a great job with the greatest hits games that we've done on the Capitals and the Wizards side, bringing back some alumni um, or some, you know, ex coaches or, or, or whatnot to talk about their thoughts during the games. Um, I think we can definitely explore and do more of those opportunities. Um, but, you know, ultimately we want to get back to playing live games and we will, we will soon enough. Have you uh, watched, you know, the NASCAR broadcasts or uh, the the golf PGA Tour, uh, Bundesliga soccer, any of those to to kind of get a glimpse of what <laughs> the broadcast future is uh, just across, you know, what we're doing on our entities and you know national entities, international brands. Uh, I have a little bit, and uh, you know, it's funny when I watch golf. And the golfers aren't wearing long pants and wearing shorts. It doesn't feel serious. I don't know why. It felt different. But um, it, it's, it's a different look and feel. But I feel incredibly confident that what the leagues are putting together, if we play without fans, if we play without fans, um, the broadcast experience will be, still be a spectacular one. And I think that there is a huge amount of pent-up demand uh, in our fan bases that wants to see the teams play and wants to see the entire league play. And, you know, you could have a potential March Madness style effect where you have a lot of games stacked in on certain days and you're watching teams that maybe you wouldn't have watched in the past because it's awesome to have games back. So I would expect that the ratings will be spectacular um, when the teams start to play again. And uh, you, you likely will be able to see uh, some unique camera angles that maybe you didn't see before because, um, you know, just there's more access and there's greater ability to, um, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah, no doubt. And I think whatever it is, when we get it, we'll take it. Um, but well, Zach, we'll get you out of here on that, man. This was, this was really fun. Thank you for taking the time and uh, keep up the good work on, on giving us stuff to be entertained by. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Zach. Thanks, Zach.